Hi, I'm David Kaplan, and you're listening to the Sports Talk Live podcast. Enjoy the show. Another game and another L for the Bulls last night in Brooklyn. Tonight, Jimmy Boylan's team tries to get back in the win column as they visit a city slightly warmer than here, Miami. Bulls pregame live tips off our coverage top of the hour. Then Bulls and Heat proceed up at 6.30 on NBC Sports Chicago and streaming on the My Teams app. Ten days ago, the Saints got screwed out of a spot in the Super Bowl. Today, Roger Goodell finally said something about it. Meanwhile, Super Bowl 53 is four days away. The old dynasty versus the young guns. Will the Patriots reign continue or will this be the beginning of a Rams run to glory? And welcome into Sports Talk Live, presented by the Chevy Silverado. I'm David Kaplan. I hope you are safe and you are warm out there. And thank you for watching the show. The panel for today, Jim Litke from the Associated Press, from ESPN 1000, Chris Fleck. And joining us to talk Bulls and NBA, Mr. NBA, Mark Schanowski. All right, Bulls in heat tonight. All right, Ski, the Bulls are what we call mired in a little difficulty at 11 They're up and the track, 40. Yeah. They're up the track <laughs> at 11 and 40. But there is a means to the end if they can find a way to win the top pick. Is that all we want to see the rest of the way, or is there more? No, I mean, with 31 games left in the season, you want to see continuing development from the young guys. And that's why it's so unfortunate that Wendell Carter Jr. suffered a season-ending hand injury. And now Chandler Hutchison is out at least two to four weeks, and that could extend maybe through the end of the season if it doesn't respond that well. But you want to see Zach Levine and Chris Dunn start to develop some kind of chemistry. It's something we've talked about for the last couple of years, but it's a real thing because both are ball-dominant guards. They have to find a way to coexist within the structure of the offense. They also have to make sure that Lowry Markin is getting his touches. All too often, the guards are dominating the ball, and Lowry can go three, four, five minutes at a time without even getting a shot attempt. I thought Lowry last night was fantastic. 18 and 19, he took seven three-point shots. That's exactly what you want. And, Mark, I don't know what you think, but are the Bulls using him properly right now within the offense? You said he needs to get more touches, but are they putting him in the right spots to succeed? We talked about this yesterday on the postgame show. Kendall said he played a little bit of point guard in his career, and he said that every guy has two or three plays mm. specifically designed for that person's skill set. By name, you can call them out. You can run those possessions. It's incumbent on the coaching staff that if Chris Dunn, his point guard, isn't getting the ball to Lowry, call one of those plays and make sure that Lowry's featured in that set and he gets a chance to shoot the basketball because all too often you don't even realize that Lowry's out on the court because he's not getting his hands on the ball. Yeah, I mean, skill development is pretty much it. You're not developing a system because the coach is going to be gone uh, when the Bulls do start next season one way or the other for sure. And, uh, you know, the, again, the, the problem always with a team that gets in, into this kind of a, of a hole is the culture. You know, you, you don't want young guys discouraged. We're talking about who's going to want to come here. Guys don't see the upside yet. Now you get the first draft pick, maybe that shifts significantly. You get a new coach. That changes it at dramatically but for right now I don't know how guys are going to play 30 games and really you know work on any kind of a team so concept. I, I have a plan to fix the Chicago Bulls all right okay, I <laughs> wait a this. second we, we can we get Pax and Gar Hurd to make a <laughs> yeah. in there absolutely so I I I have a plan I picked the brain There's oh my wow right there. <laughs> look at that wow in book wow. form now <laughs> that's pretty good yeah, yeah. autograph yeah. copies from David Kaplan so I picked the brain of somebody I have tremendous respect for, that would be Mark Shinowski. 
and he gave me a number of things to consider. I talked to three different NBA executives, and my plan to fix the Bulls, unfortunately for Jim Boylan, he would not be back as the head coach. I would reassign Gar Foreman, thank you for what you've done, but I need a new energy, a new voice. John Paxson would no longer be the sole voice in charge of basketball operations. I would go out and I would hire a brand new general manager. Uh, there's a young man in Boston, and he is a guy that gives you some amazing credentials. Mike Zarin. He is the team counsel, assisted GM. He spent 14 years with the Celtics. He started as an unpaid intern. He went to Harvard Law. He's a grad at the University of Chicago. He's been in... Uh, a law assistant in the Sixth Circuit Court. This guy is wildly connected and wildly intelligent. I call him Basketball Theo. He oh. comes in and he is going to have <laughs> oh, here we go. a big voice in my front office. Big time. Now, here are the player moves that I would make. You've got about $50 million to play with if you renounce the rights to Bobby Portis. 49, something like that. Chris Middleton is the guy I love with the Milwaukee Bucks. Look, I'm not expecting it to be LeBron James, but he's averaging almost 18, shoots almost 80, uh, 38% from three. He's a two-way player. J.J. Redick, I've got to get some veteran stability here. Some guys in the locker room that can work with these 21- and 22-year-old kids. J.J. Redick and Taj Gibson, solid players. J.J.'s averaging 18 in Philly. They give me both in the locker room and on the court. And then again, to make my money work, I got rid of Bobby Portis. Mark, your thoughts? Well, we spent an hour yesterday. Our desks are next to each other working on this. Mm -hmm. I think the only tweak I would make, I would rather use that $10 million that you'd give to Taj. I'd bring Derrick Rose back as a veteran point guard because that's the position I think that really needs yeah, help. I, just don't know I have no problems with Taj in, coming back. Here. In the best interest of Derrick or the franchise with all the sideshow stuff that went on. See, the thing is, if the Bulls decide at the end of the season that they're going to move on from Chris Dunn, they decide he's not going to be the point guard of the future, if they have the third or fourth pick, they could draft this John Morant kid from Murray State, and then you're bringing in a guy with fantastic potential in terms of his athleticism. I would love to see him and Derek as a combination. I think that could be really exciting. And by the way, my coach would be Monty Williams. Mm -hmm. I got a one-point well scenario. I got a one-point plan. We rigged the lottery, get Zion Williamson, and <laughs> we're farther along than all those Well, that moves leads combined. to that Ankin Law Sports Talk Live poll question. Which is more important, winning the draft lottery or overhauling the organization? Go to NBCSportsChicago.com slash vote. So... You know, some people were calling on the radio. They didn't like that I'm keeping Pax in the front office. I'm just not letting him be the sole voice anymore. I'm bringing someone, someone else in to work with him. Yeah, I'm not so sure that the Reinstorfs would be on board with your plan to, for a major overhaul of the front office. John Paxson, of course, was a star player for the Bulls, thought of so highly by the Reinstorf family. I don't know that they would move him aside to bring in a GM who would have great autonomy and decision-making power, as you suggest, and I'm not sure they'd be willing to reassign Gar Foreman to be a scout or, or whatever role he'd have in the organization. So if you're not making those changes at the top, which it seems to be where most of the dissatisfaction from the fan base comes, yeah, then, then you say which free agents are going to give you a legitimate meeting. Forget about the guys like Durant and, and Kawhi and all these guys. I don't even know if you get a meeting with Chris Middleton or Tobias Harris. So well, isn't the, the nickname of the – I mean, I, from what I'm told, players look at 
this city now as the organization wins championships franchise. In other words, they think it's still that the front office is still locked into the idea that they have more to do than the talent on the floor. The NBA is a talent league. It's the always been that way. Yeah, when Jordan absolutely. showed up here, by the way, wasn't the greatest organization in basketball either. You bring in a great player, your front office matters less and less the better players you've got. Yeah, if you get well, Zion, all of a sudden, that you get, you re-energize your fan base. It's like 2008 when they had the 1.9 percent chance they got to Derek. get Derrick Rose. That just put brought new life into the franchise, and all of a sudden, the executives looked awfully smart when you had a guy that could go end to end and was the youngest MVP in NBA history. You bring in Zion Williamson and all the excitement that he create. You're not going to see those empty seats in the 100 level of the United Center. Those seats are going to be packed because everyone's going to watch this young man play. That might be the case, but when we're trying to fix all this, if you land Zion Williamson, do we all realize how good he has to be to actually get the Bulls to a championship level? Like, it, he has to be a top five player in the NBA. He's got to be LeBron. Which it may not fix all the problems. If he doesn't get there, it may not fix the problems in the front office, the problems with the rest of the roster, the losing recently, the head coach, all that stuff. So it's a tough question because I think you might have to vote for rehauling the front office because then you can be mobilized and, and fix other things around in case a Zion I'll, Williamson I'll take is Zion. A, yeah, for sure. Well, well, sure, yeah, and he's you're going to take him. But the point is, he's got to be – Great. He's got to be the next but LeBron. He may get you a free agent meeting that you wouldn't have got otherwise. Perhaps. Exactly right. He'll draw more guys. Some of the yeah. other young guys on the roster, they want to jump on board. He'll draw sure. more players than any general manager. Who, you know, if you take a general manager's call and he's got LeBron, you know, on the floor already, you're like, sure, I'll mm -hmm. take this call. So you've got Williamson, and he, and again, he, he's not going to be that great first season, no matter how good he is. Jordan wasn't Jordan really f until about season three, and he was showing a lot of promise. Williamson is already clearly above the level he's playing at right now. So, so do we trust this front office to put the right pieces around a player like that to then maximize well, that player? That's a great question. I mean, See, I as currently constituted, I don't. I think Pax has a lot of value. I do. You know I'm a huge yeah. John Paxson guy. But I think you need a fresh voice to be there like this guy Mike Zarin in Boston. There's a number of guys, uh, somebody that has a different set of eyes, a different way he does business, maybe more analytically driven, and you go, you know what? We never thought of it that way. I think part of the problem, too, is that in, the, in today's day and age with social media and people reacting to everything instantly is that you have to be patient in a rebuild. Look how long it took Philadelphia to get back to a situation where they're finally first in the playoffs last year, now where they can legitimately think about winning the Eastern Conference. They whiffed on some picks. They missed on, on Jalil Okafor and Nerlens Noel and Markel Fultz, but they hit big on Embiid and Simmons, and that's now why they were in position to trade for a Jimmy Butler, and now they have a chance to contend for an Eastern Conference championship. That took a number of years. I think this is year two of a major rebuild where you started from scratch. They have some nice individual pieces. I think it was unfortunate that the coaching change happened when it did because Fred didn't have a healthy team during the first 24 games that he coached. And then when Jim Boylan came in, they turned everything upside down, put in a completely different system, and the players don't know if they're coming or going. This has been a case study in how a season gets off the rails. I think next year, if you would add a Zion Williamson and maybe get a Chris Middleton or a Tobias Harris, you're going to be infinitely better almost immediately with a new coaching staff in place. I think you could have a chance to contend for a playoff spot, which is what they talked about at the beginning of, of this current season. All right, we'll look for you on the pregame show. We have lots to talk about. Kendall and I are going to have some fun. We're going to name our all-star reserves, and we'll hear from Jim Boylan right now. Dwayne Wade's not playing tonight. He's got some knee soreness, obviously. He was saluted the last time in Chicago, so he's like, why do I have to play against the Bulls in Miami? I'm good. I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah.
Not a surprise. <laughs> All right. It took 10 days, but the NFL finally made an official statement on the blatant no-call that marred the end of the NFC Championship game. Will changes be made, and what changes would they be? And Sean Payton had something to say, and he didn't even have to say a word. Meanwhile, Belichick and Brady go for title number six. McVay and Goff look for their first. Will the Patriots dynasty continue, or will the Rams become the new rulers of the NFL? That's the plan. We'll follow it next. <laughs>
listen, I, you can't go back in time and fix it. You want the referees to get the call right on the field. And I agree, Jim, that I don't know if adding more replays and more flags to add challenges and all this stuff is really going to change much. Just get the call right next time. And I think that's all we're Easier asking. Easier said than done. Sure, of course. For sure. But, there, there will never be a perfect game. Yeah. There's never been a perfect anything. And, and again, when you keep promising that's what you're going to do, this is exactly what you get left with. This is the law of unintended, unintended consequences. It'll strike over and over. I think they're going to end up adding some type of a way you could challenge it. But, like, okay, you add more challenges to the game. Or and what if you put a video, like Mike Pereira from Fox said, put a video guy up there, he watches every play, and then he buzzes down and goes, hey, you got Okay, so uh, if you're watching a game on Red Zone Sunday when there's 10 other games going on, not a big deal, right? Because we're watching all this other stuff happen. But if you're in the stadium when that one game has 15 different challenges at the end, it's going to totally drag out the pace of an NFL football game. And I know we all want it to be right, but, like, what, you know, they what's the Pandora's like? When do you stop? It. Well, oh, but it's, again, it's think, think about this. The technology is only going to get better and better. I always go back to the Music City miracle. If you think about that play, the question yeah. is, was that left? Forward, forward or yeah. backward? Well, we do, still don't know, by the way, number one. But number two, wherever the camera was on that particular play determines what the reality is. So you could be literally sitting on that yard line looking right down and seeing the ball is on this. And remember, a yard's three feet. They're just they're completely obscuring that fact. So the more you keep layering on, you're going to have challenges on every play. You're going to slow the game down, and then you're going to have people going over it like it's the Zapruder film of Kennedy assassination. I'll be frame by frame. <laughs> We're playing football. We're not here for a video conference, and yet that's what they're going to turn the game into. All right, what happens on Sunday? Uh, close game. It's tough to go against Patriot and the, the Patriots and Tom Brady because they always win in the clutch. But I think a lot of people are underestimating how good the Rams have been for the entire season. For most of the season, they're the second-best team in the entire NFL, and I think they show that on Sunday. I always go with, uh, you know, you put Belichick against a young quarterback, and it's, it's a mismatch, especially when you give him, you know, this long of a time to prepare for him. Remember Ben Roethlisberger's first game? A lot of people don't because he got intercepted 15 sure. seconds into that game. Belichick is a master at flummoxing young guys. McVay is. is the one guy that might be able to, to basically take those first couple of hits and score some more, but I, I still like the Patriots. High-scoring game. Yeah, I hope so. So you're playing the over and the Rams. Yeah. And you're playing <coughs> the Patriots. Um, yeah, I'll take the Patriots and I don't even know what. Total's 57. The line's three right now. Oh, I'd say over. I think if you have a close game, I'll take the field goal and the, the Rams are the underdogs. Yeah, I'm with Chris. I would go over and the Rams. So we're going to see. What do you got, right. Cap? I am actually on the Rams in the over. All right. Up next, if White Sox fans wanted some good news to warm up their fridge on Wednesday, keep waiting. Right. Remember, we have Bulls Buckets tonight. Lowry Markin and a company visit the Heat. Bulls pregame live with Ski and Kendall next. Then game time at 6.30. We'll wrap up STL after this. For monster coverage of the Monsters of the Midway, download the My Teams app by NBC Sports. Keep the Bears at your fingertips every day of the week. Download the app today. All right, John Morosi, MLB.com and MLB Network saying, a Manny Machado signing is not imminent. Machado still hasn't even met with the Padres yet. So this thing could drag and drag and drag and drag, and I can't understand why. I think it's ridiculous. 
Well, there's some talk that the owners aren't willing to, I don't, nobody wants to get into a long-term contract. I'm not, I didn't use the word collusion, but there's been some suggestion oh. that the fact that Machado and Harper are sitting out here. Isn't that the smart way to run your team? You know that a guy, once he gets to 30, 31, 32, he's probably going to be a different player than he is right now. Why would you give him an eight, 10-year deal? Right. So, like, I, is it collusion or is all of baseball being a little smart. bit smarter in running their teams? Well, but we were talking, I'm going to say two, three weeks ago about Bryce Harper. You know, the idea that $40 million a year for 10 years is a decent investment because the guy's a brand. So Machado is clearly not a guy I would invest in long term. I'm with you on that idea. But I think Harper is the kind of guy you might not get the value. So in the NBA, you don't see guys signing 10-year deals. Why not just say, guess what? You want a five-year deal? I'll pay you what the fee is, $40 million, whatever it is. That's it. Well, the players know, though, right? They know that once they get to 30, that it's not going to be the same type of money. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, after 30, knows it's going to be the same type of money, and that's why he keeps doing a one-and-one. He'll sign one, and he'll figure it out the next year. It's what LeBron's done for, what, the last five years? Baseball players know that once you hit 30 as a field player, you, it's it's a different life, and uh, the money's not going to be there. I think one important difference, uh, there's, again, five guys on the floor at the NBA uh, at, any, at any given moment in a game. One guy's a big impact player. You bring in a guy like Bryce Harper. If Bryce Harper was batting three times, if he was 30% of your lineup, even 20 if he got two at-bats in an inning or you know, per rotation, you'd think, okay, that's pretty decent deal because now you're getting that kind of production and you're getting it twice in a nine-player lineup. NBA, you know, one Kevin Durant is a gigantic impact player. So baseball, I'm not sure you can pay that kind of money. Starting pitching, to me, is almost the best long-term investment. And even then, you're right, probably 32, 33. Most guys that are probably Start to taper down. Yeah. The longer this goes... Do White Sox fans start to get more nervous that they're not going to get Machado? Oh, I think they're already there. I really do. But let me ask you a question. What if it's March 1st and he hasn't signed yet? And there is some speculation that he won't. If I'm the White Sox, at some point I call his agent, Dan Lozano, and I go, guess what? I put over $200 million on the table. Either you want to be here or you don't. But I am done getting played. Well, and then if you're the player, don't you say, I don't need to be at spring training. I'll sign when I when I." Feel what like, I feel like yeah. it. Yeah, and I'll show up for opening day, but I don't need to go through all this nonsense before. And it's not right, the and that's not how you build a team. No. Yeah, but it's also not the, the problem it used to be. Guys are in, in shape all season long. You're not getting a guy, you know, like True. Babe Ruth in a rubber suit. No. Sweating. <laughs> Guys, thank you very much for being here. Stay warm. Hey, everybody, be safe out there. That's a wrap for Sports Talk Live, presented by the Chevy Silverado Bulls. Pre-game live with Ski and Kendall's next and Bulls and Heat 630. Have a great evening. Please stay safe, stay warm. We'll see you, God willing, tomorrow. For Chicago Sports Talk with Sizzle, crank up the heat and turn on STL. Host David Kaplan brings his no-nonsense opinion to the table every weeknight on the topics that are trending with our teams. Sports Talk Live, presented by the Chevy Silverado, weeknights at 6 on NBC Sports Chicago.